Welcome to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Happy holidays, everybody, and welcome back to Pop Culture on the Rocks. Pop that champagne. Merry Christmas is coming. I'm super excited. I don't know why I keep saying Merry Christmas, like as in that's the holiday, but Christmas is my favorite holiday, my favorite time of the year, so I'm very jolly right now. I know very few people more in the Christmas spirit attitude all the above than Anna. Wow, what a compliment. This year's been a little bit harder to get into the Christmas spirit. It, but I know it's a weird time it is but you know there's a little Christmas magic everywhere if you look hard enough always <laughs> <laughs> well what have you been up to what have you been watching recently so I finished the bachelorette the bachelorette finished last night as we're recording this it was a two-night finale so it was just a lot packed into a couple nights and I'm sad that it's over although usually we would have to wait months for a new season and we only have to wait a couple weeks for The Bachelor so I'm excited but yes The Bachelorette is over and Tasha did in fact find love Aw, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, well, I um, have talked about it in a couple past episodes, so since you're just like a distant fan, as we say, a tourist of Bachelor Nation, <laughs> I'll just tell you that she ended up with a guy, spoiler alert, if you are behind, do not listen to this, but she ended up getting engaged to Zach, who, I don't want to brag, but <laughs> before... Tasha was even there so when Claire was still our bachelorette and had her guys there but we all knew she was gonna leave and Tasha was gonna come mm-hmm. I said Zach is gonna be someone Tasha likes and boom there you go called it yes <laughs> so anyway I didn't place any money I didn't tell people except when he was like almost at the end so I'm not sure anyone will believe that I I called that, but I was glad, and I I really like them together. I think they're really cute, and I hope they're in it for the long haul. We got two engaged couples in one season. Who would have thunk it? Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. So are they going to consider Claire's, like, a season? I don't really know. Once this is put away in the vault or on Wikipedia, that kind of thing, I feel like the only way they can classify it is like season whatever number we're on and then just say they had two bachelorettes because it was all running within the same time frame, all filmed within... So I don't, I don't know how they would separate it. I, you know, they had a season where they had two bachelorettes on the first episode. Do you know about <laughs> that? No. It made everybody mad. It was really odd, and they haven't done it again because of that. But after Chris Soul's season, there were two women they were choosing between to become the bachelorette. And supposedly they couldn't decide Mm -hmm. so instead they had both of them prepare like go through all of the preparation and be there night one at the mansion to meet all the guys and at the end of that episode instead of a normal rose ceremony the guys voted in a ballot box which woman they wanted to become the bachelorette oh that's different (laughs) It was, and it was it was weird, and a lot of people didn't like it because it's like, okay, once you're the Bachelor Bachelorette, you're in charge, like, these decisions are up to you, and kind of, it's in your power, and it really took away their power because instead, they were the ones nervous all night, trying right. to make sure the guys liked them, and were going to pick them, mm-hmm. so that's the only other time we've had two leads but um, of course this was not exactly planned (laughs) right (laughs) yeah it'll be interesting how we like look back at this but honestly with the way 2020 is we needed I guess a weird bachelorette season that would only be fitting yeah it would be and I'm very curious to see where these couples will be in the next you know two years I mean maybe falling in love during the pandemic that means they are just they can do anything now I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially if you're quarantining together you know that brings people your relationship will either thrive or suffer <laughs> 
it's like living in the Big Brother house together. True. All the time. Yeah. True. Except without all of the extra baggage of you know getting voted out and all that stuff but and you don't get any money (laughs) right and you don't get the embarrassment of america watching you 24 7 so ah we miss reality tv if you can't tell (laughs) (laughs) we love it which speaking of callan and i still haven't really decided what we want our future episode makeup to kind of look like So please let us know if you have any opinions or any thoughts on what you would like to hear because we would love to hear your feedback because we're just kind of like bouncing ideas off of each other, but we're not really solid on anything just yet. Yeah. Hit us up on our Instagram, Twitter, or via email. All that's in the show notes below and let us know your ideas. But this episode is not exactly like our previous episodes because as people may know, Amazing Race ended last week sad so much sadness because we don't know when amazing race is going to come back which is just a really sad thought so we're not going to think about it right now this is happy times happy times christmas time cheerful yes christmas cheer only (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we decided to do a christmas episode and talk about some of the christmas movies that we've watched this year or what we've watched this month so did you ever watch afv yeah okay both both versions with Bob Saget and um, Tom Bergeron, and now it's um, oh yeah Carlton. I don't know. Yeah, his name. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Alfonso. Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah, which is really weird to me because isn't it America's funniest home videos, or is <laughs> yeah. it just American? Okay, it is. I'm not going crazy. The H is silent. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that makes me feel better. Well, if you have Disney Plus, you can go on on Disney Plus and there's an entire collection of America's Funniest Home Videos. But they also have the Christmas specials from AFV back in the day. So mm-hmm. I watched one of those episodes and it was really funny. It was with Tom hosting. So yeah. it was a while back. But I don't know, like, it, it was hilarious because some of those videos are just like... You know, people are just dumb and it's like, you know, the guy is going to like run into the tree or that kid's mm-hmm. going to poke their self with something like you just know what's going to happen. But it's just it's just funny humor, light humor, whatever. But mm-hmm. I so if they're continuing that show into the modern age, sometimes the best part of America's Funniest Home Video is like how bad the quality of the video is. Where it's like, this was obviously a massive video camera and you know, you have the date in the bottom corner of the video, which is like, this is 1990, this is their first Christmas. And then now it's just gonna be like on our iPhone 12s and like our GoPros and it's gonna look so fancy. And I'm just like... I kind of miss the really crappy footage where you're like, uh, you're kind of like squinting, trying to figure out, um, is that a kid or is that a man? I know. That's why they have the filters, you know? Yeah, exactly. The filters to make it look like it's vintage because I guess we have that nostalgia. (laughs) We need that now. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, that there's, there seemed to be several Christmas episodes that were on Disney Plus for AFE. So I recommend them if you're looking for something lighthearted and family friendly. That's always a fun one to check out. Very cool. I didn't know that it was on Disney Plus, but I guess it makes sense because it was on ABC. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, there's just some stuff on there that I'm like, oh yeah, I forget that Disney owns XYZ and that's why it's on here. Anyways, speaking of the Amazing Race ending, unfortunately, mm. we hear... You know, Amazing Race is not canceled. Knock on wood. Cross your fingers. Cross your heart. Hope to die. Whatever. All those (laughs) things. We are looking forward to the future, predicting that there will be future seasons of the, the most amazing show on Earth and that eventually, you know, this vaccine and other medical advancements and people hopefully following what they're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Um, we will get this pandemic under control and international travel will be able to occur again. But until that time, Callan and I are responsible for coming up with reasons why we should be on The Amazing Race so that we can archive this footage and save it for our next video. We take these very seriously. 
We so do. I hope that everyone listens carefully. You're all taking notes because hopefully Anna and I will be on your TV screens one day and you can say, you know what? Here is all the reasons they should win. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be festive with my reason tonight. Yeah. So hopefully this can translate. But in life, as we are talking about Christmas and our Christmas cheer, you know, I feel like we can be very spirited and festive and get into the joy of that and that holiday just spirit and positivity mm-hmm. and I I feel like I don't feel like I know when <laughs> when we are on the amazing race we will carry a similar spirit with us the whole time and in multiple auditions that we have sent in if not all three of them um we have talked about how no matter what Anna and I will be the team on the race that has the most heart mm-hmm. we are there for the experience we are there for the memories we are there to cross something off our bucket list make a dream come true and we're not going to take a moment of that for granted we want to spread christmas cheer all through the race around the the globe (laughs) i love it i'm one of those cheesy people who says that christmas spirit is something you carry in your heart all year round that's right Christmas spirit and Amazing Race spirit are kindred spirits, if you will. Right, exactly. (laughs) I can see that. A nice marriage. Yes. So anyway, I hope that we can make it onto the race and bring some positivity to CBS. I love it. Absolutely. I always appreciate a team that has a a good outlook and a good perspective on everything so that's our goal for our for us well what are you drinking this evening i'm having just a glass of chardonnay there you go fancy you know feeling feeling good (laughs) it's a really good kind so highly recommend and it ties in with one of the christmas movies i will be talking about which i know you're like hmm that's interesting yeah so (laughs) it's not a great movie but it is a movie nonetheless um but anyway (laughs) It is called Sonoma Couture, and it is a really good brand of Chardonnay, so highly recommend. Fantastic. Good to know. Gotta love a good Chardonnay, for sure. How about you? Well, again, I'm being festive with my beverage. I am having an Abita again. Ooh. Yes. They're Christmas ale, so... (gasps) Yes, I'm hearing jingle bells as I am drinking it. But it's super cute. It's um the packaging is adorable. The picture is Santa Claus on his sleigh, but instead of reindeer, he has alligators. <laughs> oh, that is so cute. So, yeah, it's really cute. It's tasty. Again, I'm not a huge beer person, but this is something that I do like. And I just love a good Christmas beverage. And this is always a winner. And you can't beat some good Christmas packaging. Right. Because it's mm-hmm. limited time. You know, you got to take it in while you can. And I'm taking it in. <laughs> chug, chug. Chug, chug. We are talking about Christmas movies that we've been watching recently. We can start from the bottom. Now we're here. (laughs) (laughs) We are here, that's for sure. The bottom of the barrel. All right. Well, again, if you know me, I'm not super opinionated. Or I I have a lot of opinions, but I don't necessarily state them out loud. Because, you know, I don't really care that much, usually. (laughs) Not verbally opinionated. Yes, exactly. I don't feel like I have to express every single opinion that I have. Other people are that way and that's totally fine. Yes. Uh, I'm especially that way with movies. I feel like a lot of movies I go into the movie probably with the right expectations. I feel like for the most part, obviously there are times I've been caught off guard and something has been like way better than I thought it would be or it was super overhyped. So I can totally understand that. But I feel like for the majority of the movies that I've ever seen, like in my life, (laughs) it's a pretty big statement. Mm -hmm. 
But I feel <laughs> like for the majority, there aren't very many movies that I just like don't like. Yeah. I feel like I can find some kind of redeem- redeeming quality. I mean, I can find redeeming qualities in this movie, but it's it's hard. Probably one of the most confusing movies I'll ever say. I think confusing is a good way to describe this movie. It's, mm-hmm. it's called 12 Pups of Christmas. <laughs> okay. I looked online just because I was kind of curious, like, what do other people say about this movie? Am I just, like, stupid and, like, don't understand the plot? Thankfully, there are a lot of people on the internet who agree with me, so that makes me feel better. Lots of one-star reviews, which always, you know, validates your feelings for sure. But there's also another movie called, like, 12 Dogs of Christmas. This is not that. This is 12 Pups of Christmas. This is a knockoff? I guess. Apparently 12 Dogs of Christmas is really good, but this is 12 Pups of Christmas. 2019 film. It is on Hulu to stream, but I do not recommend it. I feel like my synopsis will give you a good understanding of this movie. Okay, so we open the movie in New York. We meet our main character, Aaron who she is a canine therapist. First of all, I am a therapist. (laughs) In some parts of my life, I have my degree and stuff. Canine therapy is not something I've ever studied, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere where people are learning the behavioral, you know, patterns of dogs and like wanting to help their owners like learn how to teach them. That's cool. So Erin is a super successful canine therapist in New York, has very like high profile clients. And you meet her fiance for Thanksgiving, I believe. And like they have a really weird chemistry. Like you can tell they like fight a lot, I guess. But she's wanting, they're ready to get married. So the next day, like after the day after Thanksgiving, they're going to the courthouse to get married. They get to the courthouse and like the fiance has been acting really weird this whole time. They get to the courthouse steps. Like she's in her white dress. He's in his suit, all that jazz. And he's just like, I can't do this. And then her best friend comes out and they're like, we've been having an affair for the last six months. Mm. And so it was like, okay. But like, why would you wait until you get to the courthouse and you like get all dressed up and everything and then you go? Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. she gets left at the altar pretty much. And she ends up getting hired to work for this company in Silicon Valley. It's a startup and it has to do with dogs, but she doesn't really know like what her role is there. And she doesn't really know like why she's hired for this company, but she's just like ready to leave for some reason. So she takes the job anyway, sure. Yeah, so I guess she wants to get out of New York because New York's too small of a city, I guess. She might run into her fiancé. I don't know. So she moves to Silicon Valley. The company that hired her is a dog GPS company. And if you see these GPS devices... They are like massive collars and that's like kind of their shtick, I guess. But also my, my thought was, so this movie was made last year. Mm -hmm. Okay. My dogs are microchipped. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like that's not a super new technology. Right, Right. Personally, I would rather have my dog be microchipped than to wear a collar that could potentially get, you know, broken or like the signal isn't great. I don't know how that works yeah yeah if it fall off yeah yeah exactly or get maybe it can't get wet or whatever that confused me to begin with because I'm like didn't they already like perfect this technology I guess not so she goes to this GPS company and she meets one of the owners and the two I guess like bosses of the company are brother and sister and the sister's like super bubbly and she's the one that hired her. The sister introduces Aaron to her brother who happens to be the CEO of the company. Of Mm -hmm. course, he is very like rude, standoffish, does not understand why Aaron has been hired, which no one understands why she's been hired. She doesn't even know. Yeah, like they're like, (laughs) I don't know why we need a canine therapist in a GPS company. (laughs) Like, I'm, I'm trying to make an, an example, but I really can't think of one. Because I'm like, you hire maybe, like, somebody random to work, like, at Apple. But, like, they don't work with your employees and they don't know how to work your 
electronics. <laughs> so anyway. Right, right. The, apparently, so I kind of looked up like, okay, how do other people explain what the synopsis is of this movie? Because to me, it has several different plot lines and it's hard to keep up. Apparently, the main plot line of the movie is that the CEO tells Aaron, uh, well, you're the canine therapist. We just had a photo shoot where 12 puppies were used in our photos and the person didn't want to take the dogs back. So you're responsible for getting rid of these 12 puppies. Okay. All right. <laughs> that plot line's kind of like put off to the side because she's like, oh my gosh, how am I going to find? And of course she has to do it before Christmas, naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's like, oh my gosh, where am I going to find a home for these 12 puppies? Well, then she goes home and guess who ends up being at the door? Her best friend who slept with her ex-fiance for six months. She Uh comes back and comes to the door and she's like, I'm so sorry, Aaron. I didn't mean to hurt you, blah, blah, blah. Aaron doesn't want to hear it, understandable. And then Uh the best friend is like, I found out he had been cheating on me with like five other girls, including you. And he's just like a serial cheater, you know, one of those things. So she lets the friend into her home and they kind of got like start talking about everything. And Aaron's like, okay, well, I don't really forgive you, but they like for a split second talk about like plotting a revenge against the fiance. And then they're like, no. Let's not do that. And then they move on to the next thing. And I'm like, okay, that could have been a plot line. And then like, it's not that then it's kind of dropped. The writer just cannot decide. (laughs) Yeah. So Erin goes back to work and just kind of like figuring out what her job is. And she finds out that the company is struggling. Like the name of the company isn't great and the product is not good. The investors want to back out. It's not making any money. So apparently like Erin's got like some great business ideas somehow. I don't know where she learned these, but she apparently has some great ideas And the CEO loves it. So he has to meet his investors in New York. And he decides to take the canine therapist with him to the investor meeting. Because she had a good idea. That was kind of out of the blue. Because it's just him and her. You know, the CEO and the canine (laughs) therapist that you hired probably, what, three days ago? She couldn't type you up a document with the ideas or anything? (laughs) I guess not. So, like, I'm trying to understand where this fits in. So they're on the plane flying from Silicon Valley to New York and you find out that the CEO is afraid of flying. And so like him and Aaron have this moment where she's trying to help him, but she's also making fun of him. And then like they randomly like kiss on the airplane and I'm like, whoa, what's this about? Like it's never brought up again, but They like smooch on the plane and we move on. So (laughs) we land in New York and I think they went to like a cafe or something like before the investor meeting. And who knew one of the biggest cities in the world, obviously not right now because a lot of people are not there because of the pandemic, but back in 2019, who knew that the ex-fiance would be in that same cafe with Aaron and this CEO? Unbelievable. Yeah, so the ex-fiance is kind of like approaching Erin, kind of flirting with her, apologizing for everything that happened, like, I've loved you, you're the only one I've ever loved, all that. Well, the CEO is not happy, and he punches the ex-fiance. Oh my word. And then gets arrested. Oh my god. So, <laughs> so as he's getting taken away, he's telling Erin... You need to go to the investor meeting. You can do it. You're so smart. You know what you're talking about. You can save this company. Okay, so we see that happen where he's (laughs) presumably going to jail or wherever they go in this movie. Okay, and then Erin, you assume, goes to the meeting, but you never see any footage of her at the meeting. You just see her after she's gone and uh, the CEO gets bailed out and, like, meets her. She says that she she feels like she did pretty well. But the CEO talks to the investor and he is not interested Mm. in continuing. Okay. So then randomly out of the blue, the CEO's dad 
shows up, which they've never talked about the dad this entire time. But apparently, Uh CEO comes from a very rich family, has like a trust fund and everything, and he decides he's going to invest in the company. And everybody's like, wow, our problems are solved. (laughs) So then they fly back to Silicon Valley. Somehow all the dogs find homes before Christmas. The best friend ends up staying there. They're back to being best friends. She like starts dating one of the co-workers for some reason and then at the end of the movie they're like we still don't know why she's hired which is another plot line we don't know why she's hired at this company she has no business background right so the sister you know the one who hired Aaron in the beginning she's like you want to know why I hired you Aaron's like yeah I do want to know she's like I looked you up online and I thought you would be a great match to date my my brother (laughs) and like that was it that was all that was it that was the movie <laughs> she was just trying to be matchmaker yeah and i'm like okay well if you looked her up wouldn't you have learned that like she has a fiance because you know like facebook is around in 2019 i right. assume it's around in this movie maybe she just thought you know what there's a chance you never know this canine therapist really could change my brother. But another plot point that I just remembered, the brother doesn't like dogs. Oh, what? So how could the canine therapist like really love him? But that's like another plot line is she's like, look at these dogs. They're so cute. And he's like, oh, they're so nice. <laughs> she's just somehow showing him dogs that he's never seen before and actually likes. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's a whole, again, there's so many subplots. He has a subplot about his dog that like ran away or something. Uh, so he's like. And so he's like, I can never love a dog again. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there is too much going on here. Wow. Right. I'm like, okay, let's focus on like one thing we want to accomplish here. <laughs> I feel like it should have been like 12 plots of Christmas (laughs) instead of pops. You're absolutely right. (laughs) That's what it's sounding like to me. My gosh. Wow. Thank you for sharing. I definitely will never watch that. So (laughs) maybe you can watch 12 Dogs of Christmas and report back. Yeah, maybe maybe I can find that one. Maybe that one's better. Maybe they only have like one plot to follow. Right. This season I did not watch a movie about dogs. I have seen some some Hallmark dog Christmas things before, which are very hit or miss. Usually a miss. So of the three that I have to talk about, the worst one that I saw was on Hallmark. And now I am a Hallmark lover. Hallmark Christmas movies and just normal movies. I love. Yes, they are predictable. Yes, they are cheesy. Mm-hmm. But that's why I watched them because I watched them yeah. because I know I know the formula. I know at about an hour and a half in, they're having their dilemma, their breakup. And then by the end of the movie, they'll be back together. So mm-hmm. I just like some predictability when I need it. But same here. I didn't watch as many of the Hallmark Christmas movies as I normally do. One I did see, though, was called Christmas She Wrote. Play on words like murder she wrote. Mm. Definitely will not go down in history like <laughs> that. That show did. It has Danica McKellar, who is one of the queens of Hallmark. After Candace Cameron Bure and Lacey Chabert, I think Danica has made her way there. Danica, if you don't know, was once famous for being on The Wonder Years as a child. That is how I originally knew her. Mm. And then she was on Dancing with the Stars. And she's a mathematician. She's like brilliant in real life. So cool. she is great on Hallmark. But this one was not her best. It also starred a man named Dylan Neal. And he, I think I recognized from like a soap opera. I don't remember if he was on like Bold and the Beautiful. It was one that I didn't really I haven't really watched much. Anyway, she's like in her, she's probably like in her 40s in real life at this point. And he just looked way too old for her. And I am personally, as we know, I'm here for an older man. (laughs) So normally this is not something I would complain about, but it was just like so much so. Noticeable. Yeah, Yeah. It wasn't a good match. And there was honestly zero chemistry between them. I didn't believe a romantic spark whatsoever. Yeah. It was interesting because it started out, she, she's a writer and she has a column in this new 
newspaper. FYI, if you didn't know, newspapers are losing money quickly. I feel like we're reminded. <laughs> yes. <laughs> reminded that in every piece of content we watched that by the way newspapers are dying and so anyway she has this very popular column like she's in new york city her face is on the side of the bus it's like you're watching sex in the city like she is just this writer that somehow everyone knows it's a very popular column and the editor at the beginning of the movie is retiring and they're having a party for him and this guy played by dylan comes up and starts flirting with Danica's character, Kaylee, you know, saying like, oh, he seems like he would have been great to work for. And she's kind of like, who are you? And why are you at this work party? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, a few minutes later, you find out he is the replacement editor and is basically firing everyone and mm-hmm. fires her cuts her column from the paper he's never what kind read of it. business okay i was like what kind of business decision is that yeah he's never read it even though it's like as i said very popular right he just is cutting things willy-nilly it didn't really make sense why he was flirting with her and then subsequently fired her like two scenes later <laughs> yeah anyway so she went back home to her hometown to reconnect with family and write about Christmas there and what it's like and he is getting pressure from the the head honcho of the newspaper to hire her back because you know it's such a popular column and they're gonna lose money so he flies to the hometown to spend time with her to try to convince her to come back and write again anyway supposedly they fall in love I didn't really see that but that's what they tried to tell me so anyway it had a happy ending and they all learned their lessons as they they they're supposed to as it goes to be honest I don't even remember like I I really truly don't remember if she like went back to the paper or if she just read the story like it really did not resonate with me so I apologize (laughs) I'm on pins and needles I know. Either way, she wrote. They ended up together. It was Christmas. <laughs> it was Christmas. All is well. Yeah, and there was no chemistry. It was sad. Oh, that is a bummer. Still love Danica. She'll do better next time, hopefully. But anyway. <laughs> she has other good ones, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm I'm similar with Hallmark Christmas movies especially. I just love something, you know, it's very just relaxing and you don't have to worry about like really keeping up with the plot too much or Oh yeah. <laughs> if you get up and go to the bathroom and come back, you can catch up. You can <laughs> yeah. figure out what's going on. Exactly. So I feel you. I'm on that train as well. But yeah, yeah, you got to have chemistry in a Christmas romance movie. Well, the second movie I wanted to talk about is on Netflix. And I feel like it's uh, been a buzz on the internet. It is Dolly Parton's Christmas on the Square. Ah, yes. Gotta love good old Dolly. Hello, Dolly. Yes. I don't know anyone who does not like Dolly Parton. If you do not like Dolly Parton, then uh, I don't know. You need to reconsider some things. She's a hero among us, okay? She really is. I feel like... She is a saint in many ways. Even if you're, like, not into country music, which I'm not really into country music, especially, like, twang. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah. how, to, how else you describe it. I am from the South, and there are a lot of country folks around me who listen to country music, which, you know, no judgment. Just not really my style. However, I do enjoy some of Dolly Parton's songs, and I just love her as a person. She's a great humanitarian. She loves her home state of Tennessee. She does a lot of charity work there. Um, If you remember the Gatlinburg fires, she was really active in helping rebuild her community. Yeah, she's just very a giving person. Feels like she has a very sweet spirit. So I've seen Dolly Parton in a few movies. Um, Specifically, one that comes in mind is Unlikely Angel, where Dolly Parton's Hello plays an angel. So This movie's kind of, it kind of reminded me of that because in Christmas on the Square, she is also an angel. For me personally, I love musicals. Les Miserables and Fame of the Opera are two of my favorite musicals and they have a lot of songs in them. (laughs) 
Callan, you are not the biggest musical fan. Would you would you say would that be how you would classify yourself? Yeah, there are some I like and have enjoyed. I like some music from musicals, but in general, that's not my preference. I, I wish I liked them more than I do. I'll put it that way. <laughs> Well, I'm sure there are a lot of people that are like that, and I can understand that. Yeah, so this movie is very much a musical. Okay. (laughs) If that says anything. I feel like there almost are, like, levels of musicals. So you have, like, musicals like Les Miserables, where literally every word is sung. Mm -hmm. Or you have almost, like, maybe, like, a a Disney princess movie or something, where there are a few songs thrown in there. But, like, it's not really part of the plot, I guess. This movie is very much a musical, where, like, almost every single scene is some kind of dance number or singing involved. So if you're not really into that, I don't know if this would really be the movie for you. Sometimes, you know, it's kind of people don't really like musicals, I feel like, because like the transitions are really awkward. Mm -hmm. You know, we're like, two people, two characters are having dialogue talking about like an issue or something. And then one just like randomly starts singing. And then the other sings and you're like, okay, is this like a dream? Are they doing this in real life? (laughs) Like normal people don't really do that. So uh, it's, I, I say it like, it's a lot like that where like characters are talking and then one will start singing and then the other will sing back and there might be like dance numbers mixed in there. Just a fair warning if you're not really into that. But it was very good. The music is always really good. Dolly Parton had, I don't know if she wrote every single song, but she was credited as being one of the writers for the music. So you gotta think she had some involvement in it. The plot of the movie is that there is a mean lady. I don't remember her name. She comes to this small town. So it's a, it's a very small town in the Midwest. You know, just a very small, like no corporations, not a big population of people. They don't really have a huge tourism industry. And so this lady comes into town on like Christmas Eve Eve probably and she announces to this very small town on the square that she is basically selling the town to a big corporation to build a mall. Mm. So you assume like you know the the town square that has all these people small businesses and some of them probably live there that they're basically being evicted and that they're losing their jobs. Yeah. So it's sad because it is kind of like reminiscent almost of like what small businesses are going through right now and just people mm-hmm. in general like their livelihood just changing all of a sudden. The main lady you eventually find out that she's actually from this small town and like her her dad had passed away and that was really hard on her and so like she left. She moved to New York I think to become kind of like popular in real estate and like really worked her way up and she felt like she was really doing something great for the town and then she starts seeing Dolly Parton and sees her as an angel. So, you know, Dolly is just like singing to her about like it's possible for her to change and talking to her about the meaning of friendship and the meaning of family and love and things like that. So it has a cute plot because like you meet the lady, the mean lady. I don't remember her name. I'm sorry. I'm just calling her mean lady. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's all you need to know. Yeah. Like you meet her assistant, uh, like a personal assistant who she's like really overworked and always stressed out and really doesn't even like her boss you find out that she's an angel in training spoiler alert so like that was a fun little a fun little deal and like they have a cute dancing and singing number about like being an angel in training like what you need to learn about people who need to change so the music was good the plot was good the message is really sweet and also someone local to where I live who I graduated high school with he actually helped with the production of this movie and of course he made our local newspaper we were all like oh my gosh you gotta come see this like you know promoting it big time So I already wanted to see it because it's Dolly Parton and it's a Christmas movie, but I also wanted to promote it because my high school buddy, well, I I mean, I I can't consider him a friend. We haven't talked since high school, but yeah, so he helped with the production of it. So that kind of made it like, oh, that's neat. That's really cool. I'm proud of of that connection. That's cool. Yeah. Did the one that you watch next, is it a musical? Is it a musical, Callan? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
sorry you don't have that in there <laughs> was it a musical I was, yeah i was trying to make like another connection a musicale a musicale Charades. <laughs> um it was not <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not a musical hater by any means. No. I might watch that. Who knows? But it does often annoy me when they're just standing there and they start breaking into song. Most things we watch are unrealistic, but it's almost like my mind can't go there sometimes. I'm like, yeah. How do you both know the words and the tune? You know? (laughs) That's what it gets me. Yeah, that's true. But anyway, well, I watched also a movie that was popular on Netflix this season and it's called a california christmas and this is the one i said could tie in with my chardonnay because it is set in the wine country of california there you go yes overall i probably wouldn't recommend watching this one like it's fine if you do but eh, i i was kind of indifferent towards it so it stars these two people who apparently are married in real life I didn't know that until after Hmm. according to my research aka the free encyclopedia of Wikipedia (laughs) it was written by the the woman who stars in it as well and is married to her love interest in real life so that's cool apparently it was kind of it looks low budget I don't mean that in a bad way I just mean there's not a lot of elements you had a few locations and that was it a small cast you know that kind of thing so it seems like they were surprised it did as well like on Netflix as it did so great for them that's cool it's cool that they can play each other's love interests I I expected it to be Hallmark-ish and it is but of course since it's on Netflix you get a little bit of content you would not get on Hallmark. Uh-oh. <laughs> you know, we had a couple curse words thrown in. We had a not too graphic love scene, but still not at all anything I've seen on the Hallmark channel and don't think I will for many years. So right. just to let you know, it's about this guy who, of course, it lives in San Francisco and is a son of that works at his parents' real estate business. So he's wealthy. He's a playboy, like, sleeps around, you know, he's got a girl all the time. And Mm -hmm. his mom sends him to Petaluma to close a deal to buy a ranch to make room for a new uh, shipping facility. So... All of these okay. have a similar uh, similar plot, <laughs> yes. if you haven't figured that out yet. He arrives at the ranch and ends up, instead of being himself, he pretends to be a ranch hand and hmm. lives on the ranch for like a week trying to present reasons to her why she should sell posing as a ranch hand okay instead of trying to come in as this like big business guy and Mm -hmm. it kind of accidentally happened but of course he starts having feelings for her Uh and yeah so that adds complications the ranch is struggling big time they don't make you know they're barely making ends meet i will say there's a lot of like Usually in these types of movies, I feel like there's, like, one sob story, you know? Mm -hmm. This had, like, they were coming from all angles. So, first of all, she had been engaged before, Callie, Mm -hmm. his main girl. She and her dad and her fiancé were all in the car together when they had a crash, and the dad and the fiancé both died, and she survived. Yeah. Then her mom has some sort of cancer and is like terminally ill. Then the ranch is like losing money, medical bills. They don't have, you know, the money to pay for it, all this. Right. So there was just a lot of layers. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but anyway, you can probably guess what happens but wine comes into play they have these rare vines on the land um that they figure out they can use to make money so and of course you know his identity is revealed dramatically which causes a breakup because it was right after they had really fallen for one another as it always happens um right so 
<laughs> Great time. Conveniently enough. It was fine. The lead actors were cute, especially knowing they're married in real life. Like, that's sweet. But there was a lot of layers to the plot, but not really also, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like, yeah. kind of straightforward. So, yeah, yeah, it was all right. You know, it wasn't a waste of time, but I'm not going to recommend it either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that. It kind of sounds like it's a Hallmark movie in that it's kind of a predictable plot with all of the kind of like specifiers, but they like threw in just a little bit of extra just to be like, we're not a Hallmark movie. Oh, yes, for sure. Like this is exactly the plot of a Hallmark movie with a little bit more like of a heavier tone. Yeah. Then like the lighthearted feel and then also like yeah, content that would not get approved by the Hallmark people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's on a deleted scene somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay, well, the third movie that I wanted to talk about is my favorite of the three that I've watched. Not hard to be in comparison to 12 Pups of Christmas, but... <laughs> <laughs> So I watched this movie with Steven, who we had on previously. Uh, Steven had heard about this movie from some people and had heard that it was really good. It's called Arthur Christmas. It's an animated movie. And it's actually a Sony animated movie from 2011. Hmm. I remembered like vaguely hearing about it, but never saw it and never really like thought about it, I guess. Mm -hmm. So we rented it on Amazon Prime. Uh, so it's not included anywhere, unfortunately. But it was really, really cute. I definitely recommend it. It's, of course, a family movie. So if you're looking to watch anything with your family, go right ahead. The cast was really great. Um, you have James McAvoy, Hugh Laurie. That's a very British film, obviously. James McAvoy, Hugh Laurie, Bill Nye. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I think so. And Jim Broadbent. Wow, good cast. So yeah, kind of like, like, you know, all high quality people for sure. The plot of the movie is, so you're in the North Pole and you kind of learn like how Santa does Christmas in the modern day. So basically the elves are there doing most of the work and they use a lot of technology and like, it was a very cool scene, a very creative scene. So they've kind of like gotten rid of the sleigh and the reindeer and Santa coming down the chimney, you know, very classic story. They've kind of like moved away from that. So you meet the guy who is Santa Claus and he goes by Santa Claus, although his real name is Malcolm, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Right. So Malcolm has two sons. The oldest is named Steve and the youngest is named Arthur. Steve is like very, probably like efficiency driven. Like he's, he dresses almost like a general and he's really the one that's in charge of Christmas now, even though he's not technically Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. So he's the one who's like giving the elves all of the instructions for what they need to do. Like he's the one who's created all these ideas and how to be more effective in handing out Christmas presents and making sure that no kid ever sees an elf or Santa or anything. And then Arthur is kind of like the clumsy guy. Nobody really knows where he fits in. His personality is like super bubbly, but he just like doesn't really like fit in with anyone else around him. He's kind of the black sheep of the family, but he's in charge of the letters that all the children of the world send to Santa. And he's the one who kind of like keeps a record of this is what this child's asking for Christmas. And then he sends letters back saying, I will let Santa know that you'll get this gift. And, um, a lot of kids write saying like, I don't know if Santa is real. And he writes back, Santa is real. He's the greatest guy. He's the greatest man on earth or something like that. So his dad is the current Santa Claus. Malcolm, aka Santa Claus now. <laughs> his dad was the Santa Claus before him. So it's kind of like a generational thing. So they say that like they're descendants of St. Nicholas so every, every male from St. Nicholas down to their tree has been Santa every year. And eventually they retire and pass it on to their son. So you kind of learn all of that and you get to meet the family members and like everybody sucks. <laughs> so yeah, you find out that like Santa's very apathetic. 
he likes to be Santa, but, like, he doesn't really contribute anymore to anything that goes on. Like, he's just very tired because he's older. And, like, he wants to be Santa, but he doesn't want to, like, put any effort towards anything. You know what I mean? And then Steve is kind of the opposite of that, where he wants to do everything and wants to be in charge of everything, but he doesn't have the compassion for children and doesn't really like realize the magic of Christmas and things like that. So really the two of them were like, at the beginning, are definitely ones you're kind of like, ugh, they need a personality change. So the big plot point is that Steve and all the elves return to the North Pole after Christmas. You know, it's like Christmas Day, like 3 a.m. And they've finished delivering the gifts to all the children of the world. And they come back to the North Pole. And there's been a glitch, like, in the system. And Arthur finds out that this girl in England named Gwen did not get her gift. So she would wake up Christmas morning and would have no presents. And he is just like torn up about that and is just thinking about that one child who's going to be like, you know, Santa forgot about me or was I bad and that's why I didn't get anything, you know, that kind of thing. So he thinks about the one child who didn't get a gift and then his brother Steve finds out and he's like, well, that margin of error really, really isn't that bad in comparison to the billions of children that are in the world who just got presents. So he's not really thinking about that one child who didn't get any presents. So Arthur is determined to get Gwen her gift before she wakes up um, sunrise Christmas day. I won't give away all the spoilers or anything, but he ends up taking the sleigh with the reindeer out and heads to England to give Gwen her gift. It's just really creative. Like I feel like the whole plot was very new. Like it's just not something that you kind of see like in like children's Christmas movies, you know, I feel like some of those can be a little monotonous where like it's pretty much the same plot but different things happen. So to me it felt very new and different. There are definitely some character changes for sure because you were like man Santa sucks because you <laughs> you just like oh my gosh but thankfully there's a lot of character development and so everyone learns something but kind of the the message of the whole movie is remembering what Christmas is all about that it's about kids and the spark of Christmas magic the magic of giving to others so it was really cute I was very surprised because I, I really went into it not knowing anything like yeah. Stephen rented it and we watched it and we were both very surprised in a great way. Yeah, it's a great movie. It has a really cute message. Just fun for everybody to watch. Yeah, that sounds really good. I've never heard a plot like that. And I feel like that's rare when we get so many Christmas movies every season. Yes. So exactly. when you can come up with something creative and new, that's impressive. Yeah, definitely. Very nice. I I want to check that out. 10 out of 10. We always love that because that's <laughs> not always the case. Right. <laughs> the last thing that I watched that I also would highly recommend was Dash and Lily. I'm sure a lot of people listening have either already watched this or seen it advertised on Netflix because I think it was very popular. Mm -hmm. It's based off a young adult series called Dash and Lily's Book of Dares and they turn it into eight episodes on um, Netflix that came out in November. People have been telling me to watch this and I finally did and I really really enjoyed it. This is one of those shows that honestly I wish I could like keep re-watching it not knowing what was gonna happen it's yeah. just one of those you kind of want to relive and speaking of like a creative plot I thought the way this was set up was so creative especially for something I don't want to say made for younger audiences I mean the two main characters are in high school but I feel like you could watch this at any age it's not by any means like a children's show but yeah. I guess I feel like a lot of things centered around people that age. It's not a super intricate plot line. And I thought this was really well done. And I haven't read the books, but I would assume they were kind of set up this way. 
and I think they did a good job translating that into a show. Its premise surrounds Dash, who is this teenage boy who absolutely hates Christmas, just a very, like, kind of grumpy, apathetic, like, his parents are divorced, and it kind of ruined Christmas for him and he hasn't enjoyed it since he was a little kid and then you have Lily who is a teenage girl who is obsessed with Christmas sees the magic in everything has been the weirdo at school since she was a kid and she doesn't really have a lot of friends her age she hangs out with the carolers (laughs) that are (laughs) random people from around um new york city which is where the show is set she has her family who she's close to and random like old people and relatives so she's by no means a normal teen with a normal group of friends but she's so cute the one thing that ties this all together is books and dash and lily are obsessed with reading and with books they don't know each other but they have a commonality in that they both love this bookstore the strand which is a real bookstore in new york city that you can go to oh neat and then also the pizza restaurant where dash's best friend boomer works is a real pizza chain and right now they have a boomer special so i love that they use real like new york city places i think that's so fun and you can go to the places which is cool like it got really popular on social media people like putting up pictures of the strand yeah but dash is at the strand one day and is browsing the aisles and comes across a red notebook and it has a handwritten message on the front that says do you dare so he decides to open it and write a reply and lily is the one that has left the book so she really wants to find love don't we all (laughs) and how she came about putting up this um, notebook has a backstory that they show you but the episodes basically follow where they write messages back and forth to each other and leave dares for another the other one to do and then they have to leave the book in the place where the other one can find it and carry it on it's really cool because they're going around New York City and doing these dares and getting to know each other through the messages along the way. Yeah. So they're kind of creating dares for one another based on what they're finding out about them. Like Dash is trying to help Lily break out of her shell and meet people and then kind of embrace like her weirdness and that's who she is. And Lily is trying to make Dash do all these things that will make him love Christmas and experience (laughs) the magic of the holidays yeah it's just really fun and the way it's set up is so cool because you'll follow dash and then you'll follow lily for example you'll watch dash experience this day and go through the dare and everything and then you'll watch the same thing from lily's perspective and see how it actually all tied together or something will happen and you don't know how that person got there and they'll rewind and show you how it led to that moment it's just really fun and really holds your attention, which I like. So, like I said, it has eight episodes. A lot of them were directed by Fred Savage, who oh. I love. Speaking of Danica and the Wonder Years, Fred Savage was the main guy on the Wonder Years. He is also the older brother of Ben Savage, who was on Boy Meets World. That was cool that he directed a lot of episodes. Oh, yeah, he also hosted Double Dare 2000 back in the day, if anyone <laughs> remembers <laughs> what a throwback yes so good yeah so that was cool that he directed some of those and then um one of the producers is nick jonas which is really oh neat. wow that he's is. just really stepping into he's all over the place yeah hey get that multiple streams of income <laughs> oh yeah definitely so in one of the episodes you actually see the jonas brothers playing their christmas song like it's christmas in new york city oh cool it's really fun yeah anyway i highly recommend very just creative smart well-written cast is really good since i don't know the books i don't know how or if they'll do another season but yeah. i would definitely watch it so this is something that i'll be re-watching 
just for fun. And I feel like you could watch it whether it's Christmas or not. Highly recommend. Yeah, that sounds super fun. I'm definitely interested. I'm kind of curious to check out the books as well. So yeah, I think the books would be really fun to read. I think there's just so much that happens that I think it would be a fun book as well yeah that sounds great yeah that sounds like a really fun show and just something yeah like we talked about Arthur Christmas too I like the just very different kind of plots than what you're used to seeing all the time yes it's very refreshing I like that we get like content every year to fit this season and fit around at a time but it can just get old and (laughs) Yeah, like we've seen it all kind of thing. And so it's it's very refreshing when you get something new and creative. Yeah, for sure. Well, good stuff. What a great lineup we've had. Whether you want a movie that has no chemistry, a movie that can't decide what plot it wants, or if you want a show and a movie that sounds wonderful. So there's something for everyone. And you can't find the good stuff if you don't watch the bad. That's true. That's a quotable moment right there. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know if you watched anything good or bad this holiday season. Yeah, we want to hear both sides. (laughs) For sure. I think you can find entertainment value in all of it. And there's more that I have on my list. So I'm going to be watching Beyond Christmas. I love it. Yeah, I usually I usually keep the Christmas movies going at least till New Year's Day. So, yep. No judgment, you know. You can enjoy the spirit even after the holiday is over. Exactly. <laughs> well, I guess that about puts a nicely wrapped bow on top of this great Christmas episode that we've had. We want to thank everybody for well, nobody's done anything yet, so maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> We want to thank our thank ourselves for all the hard work we put into this. <laughs> we work very hard here. <laughs> we do. But thank you so much for listening and thank you so much for making it this far in the episode. That's always an accomplishment in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just be sure to subscribe to us if you're not already and rate and leave us a review. We would love to hear what your thoughts are. We love to connect with our listeners, so please be sure to connect with us on social media like we talked about earlier in the episode. We also have an email that we love to use to get drink recommendations, show recommendations, all the above. Again, we want to say if you have any input on what you want to listen to next, maybe if you have a show you want us to do a deep dive of, or maybe a rewatch, something like that, let us know your ideas because we are kind of still up in the air (laughs) as far as what we want to do. But this has been really fun. Till next time, I'm Anna. I'm Callan, and Merry Christmas. Yeah, filthy animal.